Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year, and then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this from the campus of the University of California at Berkeley, the alma mater of former St. Louis Cardinal and current kind of Boston Red Sox, Alan Craig. Man, Alan Craig, he was an MVP candidate. He was an all-star caliber player at one point. Red Sox got him in that trade. Involved John Lackey, right-handed power hitter, throw him in with the Red Sox. Hasn't done anything. I hope he does. There's something he, he doesn't seem like a bad guy. Made the final out in the World Series. You see the clips of the 2011 World Series. That's him making the last out. Or catching the last out. Boom. I'd like to see someone like that. Had a nice little career. Saw it derailed. Might just not be the right combination for him. He may just be that player who could revive his career in the right place. And a career that seemed dead and buried could really explode somewhere else. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Um, On uh, this last Friday... I did a uh, the card of the day. If you follow the blog, Sully Baseball Daily, uh, I, or Sully Baseball blog, I don't know what the hell it is. Well, I, don't know who, I don't really pay attention to my own stuff. Uh, I do a baseball card a day. And I did one uh, for Tommy John. And it was his 1986 card. And Tommy John was an Oakland A there for that card. And I'll tell you, uh, the only, it, the, one of the main reasons that the card caught my eye in this series where I just basically pull a random card out of a shoebox was he just looked so weird in an A's uniform. I have no real memory of Tommy John playing for the Oakland A's, but uh, that card wasn't going to lie. had no business lying to me. I guess he played for the A's for a year or so. Um, But, man, Tommy John, that's one of those names that means something else now. It's like more of a product. It's more of a state of mind. It's kind of like, yeah, there really was a Walt Disney. You know, there really was, you know, a a Hewlett and a Packard. Not to go too much into my place of work. But it's like the name seems to denote something else. You can almost forget that it was a person attached to it. Tommy John, I've... You know, it's such a strange career. It's such a strange baseball life. And I talk about it in the the post, if you read it, on Sully Baseball. I'm standing here on a street in Berkeley, and a big-ass truck is driving by me. There's not much I can do about it. One of the interesting things about Tommy John, at least for your pal Sully, I find it interesting, is that he finished his career with 288 victories. 288. And he played over 26 seasons. So, chances are, if you have 300 wins, that's one of those, whether or not you agree with this or not, 300 wins is one of those categories that people treat like it's an automatic punch card for the Hall of Fame. You got 300 wins, you're in. You know, that seems to be the thing that got Gaylord Perry to the Hall of Fame, who had a tremendous peak. 
That seemed to be the thing that got Don Sutton to the Hall of Fame, who also had a fine peak. That seemed to be the main thing that got Tom Glavin into the Hall of Fame, although I, 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 I'm all for Tom Glavin in the Hall of Fame. He had 288. If he had 12 more, year, 12 more wins, which means over his 26-year career, every other year won one more, got one more decision falling his way. Every other year, just one no decision turns into a win, and there you go. He would be in the Hall of Fame on the first ballot. Instead, he was on the Hall of Fame ballot for 15 years and never pierced 40%. And I think in that we can see one of the fundamental problems of using a, 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 a specific stat as a line of demarcation. He would have, it would have been no brainer. No brainer. He would have gotten in. There wouldn't have been a discussion. Tommy John, 300 wins. Welcome to the Hall of Fame. Tommy John, uh, 12 wins shy. Nope. We'll have you linger on the ballot for a decade and a half and never really come close. There's something fundamentally wrong about that. There's something fundamentally bizarre about that. Especially when you consider this. How many careers did Tommy John save? Just really stop and think about this for a second. There was a certain amount of bravery to do what he did. And it's funny, one of his teammates when he played for the Los Angeles Dodgers was Andy Messersmith. And he had a different kind of bravery for an experiment that he did. In order to test the boundaries of free agency, to test the concept of free agency, a player had to play an entire season without a contract. And go the next year and file for free agency and they would have to take it to the courts and see if you know a court would and eventually uh, uh, an arbitrator would decide whether or not a player could become a free agent and one of the one the two players who did it were Dave McNally who was essentially retired it didn't really matter to him anymore and Andy Messersmith who was a pitcher for the Los Angeles Dodgers And he attempted that. He tried that. And the result was he was found that he could be a free agent. And the era of free agency began. Well, in that pitching staff was another brave person, which was Tommy John, who I mentioned before. And Tommy John, who was a good pitcher for the Chicago White Sox, traded to the Los Angeles Dodgers for Dick Allen. And and became one of the top pitchers in the National League with the Dodgers and then tore, you know, damaged the ligament in his left arm. And under most circumstances, this would have ended his career. He would have said, well, I played 10-some-odd years in the majors. I'm in my early 30s. I had a nice run of it, but my arm, this ligament's gone, and that's my career. And he agreed to the experimental surgery where they took 
I think it's like a tendon from his right arm, attacked, fixed the ligament damage in his left arm, took a year off to recover, and came back and became a Cy Young contender. Won 20 games multiple times. Twice was the runner-up for the Cy Young Award. Once in um, 1977, when he won 20 games for the LA Dodgers. He was the runner-up to Steve Carlton. And the other was in 1979, when he won 20 games while pitching for the Yankees. And he was the Cy Young runner-up to, uh, I believe it was Mike Flanagan of the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah, that's right. The 79 was Flanagan. And he pitched... Now, he underwent the surgery in 1974. He missed all of 1975, and he pitched to 1989. Now, stop and think about this for a second. By the time he finished his season, his career, some of the batters who he probably would have faced, or at least in spring training, included... Sandy Alomar Jr., Roberto Alomar, Barry Bonds, Ken Griffey Jr. He faced all of their fathers. When he started, the Yankees still had on their, their, their playing roster Mickey Mantle, Roger Maris, Yogi Berra. And by the time he was done, there was, you know, the Roberto Alomar... Randy Johnson, it was a, he stretched to a completely different era. And a career that was basically over in 1974 stretched into the rest of the 70s and all of the 80s. He finished his career in 1989. And won 13 games in, in 1988. Not that wins are the end-all, be-all, but he actually contributed some wins to that Yankee team. Or in, 80, in 87, I'm sorry. And piled up a ton of wins. And a ton of innings. Pitching 200 some odd innings a year. And it was a surgery that looked like was going to end his career. That looked like it was, it was bananas for doing it. It was incredibly risky. It looked like he had 100% certainty of having it not be successful. And yet, he did. Imagine if he didn't. Imagine if he said, no, you're not going to do that. You're not going to reach into one arm and take something and tie it into the other arm. I'm not doing that. That's crazy. That's stupid. Maybe someone would have done it because people are always desperate to prolong their careers. I'm convinced that's one reason why we'll never see the end of performance-enhancing drugs. It's because there will always be people who want to extend their career. So someone may do it. I've said this before, but we're very grateful that it was Tommy John who did and not Al Hrabowski or Wynn Remerschwall, just for no other reason than to hear, you know, that we don't have to hear, well, Matt Harvey needs another Wynn Remerschwall surgery. You know, Tommy John at least sounds friendly. It sounds upbeat. But he did. And now Tommy John surgery has become so much a part of the language and the vernacular of baseball that we almost take it for granted. And the success rate of Tommy John surgery, not everyone has had, 
it's not worked for everybody. You've had you know, certain players with multiple Tommy John surgeries who never quite come back, but you also see lots of pitchers who do come back, and it almost becomes a rite of passage. You almost expect them to get their Tommy John surgeries in the, in the minor leagues so they can come back, rehab, and be stronger than ever. Tommy John and a lot of them became stronger than ever after doing the surgery. You miss a year, the ligament, you know, the ligaments and everything, the tendons heal, you come back, you're stronger than ever. Think of all the careers that have been extended because of Tommy John surgery. Adam Wainwrights, you know, the, uh, the John Smoltz's of the, I mean, how many great pitchers have had it and have come back and you say, oh, this is great. This is fantastic. And for that reason, I believe Tommy John belongs in the Hall of Fame. He belongs in the Hall of Fame not just because of how he recovered, not just because he became on the cusp of the Magic 300, but the fact that he even got to that point showed a perseverance, showed a greatness, showed a longevity. But also, if you don't want to put him in as a player, you don't want to put him in as, as you don't think his numbers validated, then put him in as a pioneer. Put him in as someone who is a trailblazer. Put him in as someone who changed the face of the game. I would argue that there are a lot of players who had higher traditional stats and had higher um, sabermetric stats and advanced metrics who didn't have the impact on the game that Tommy John had when he said, okay, yeah, go ahead and do it. Okay, yeah, go ahead and do it. I don't know if those are his exact words, but that was his exact sentiments. And while I think some play, people like, you know, Kurt Flood and Andy Messersmith deserve some attention in terms of how their bravery and their guts to stand up to the system changed the face of baseball in terms of free agency and everything, what Tommy John did was more impactful than I would argue a bunch of players who are currently in the Hall of Fame. That he was able to make a decision, take a chance with his body. Can you imagine if this didn't work? It's very easy to imagine that. Experimental surgeries that no one's tried before, by definition, those are easy to predict them falling apart and failing. And Tommy John put his body at risk. His career was already at risk. If he didn't do that, his career was over. He tacked on another decade and a half and his greatest years. His best Cy Young contending years were afterwards. His, his, the greatest moment, individual moment of his career was in Game 4 of the 1977 National League Championship Series when he threw a complete game victory and clinched the pennant over the Philadelphia Phillies in the NLCS. Do you know how it got to the point where when Bob Lemon lifted Tommy John in Game 6 of the 1981 World Series, people couldn't believe it. That's a really stupid move he made. Because people were so certain 
that Tommy John was a workhorse at that point. That he would have given the Yankees the innings they needed to win that game and ultimately force a Game 7 of the World Series instead of the bullpen collapse and the Yankees lost the game. But this was, what, seven years after, well, his career's over. Seven years later was, why are you taking him out? He's exactly who you want on the mound. He's a pioneer. He has guts. He had this trust of science and understanding that, do you know what? This is worth it for my career. And it worked. And because of that, the game has changed. And if he had won one more game every other year in his career, and I bet if you go through his baseballreference.com, the Sagoon Works website on the history of planet Earth, I bet you can go through in you know every other year of his career there was one game where he pitched seven, eight innings, let up one run, and got the loss, or the bullpen blew the save, or whatever it was. I'm sure you can find that. You can find 12 examples. And if that bounced this way or the other, the bullpen didn't blow this game or the offense showed up and you know he didn't get a loss for a game which he pitched well. And not change a single thing, not change one other stat on his line, but just elements that he had nothing to do with. The offense, the bullpen, 12 times in his 26-year career goes his way instead of the other. And I'm not talking about him as a pioneer. He's just in the Hall of Fame as a great pitcher. Did anyone else see a problem with that? I really hope that someday he gets in and people can see, oh, there was an actual guy. I actually hope that Dick Allen, Dick Allen was one vote shy of getting in from the Veterans Committee because I would love to look back at that trade where Dick Allen was traded for Tommy John and say, hey, those are two Hall of Famers traded for each other. Isn't that cool? It is cool when that happens. But the fact of the matter is this. Tommy John is more than just a good, solid pitcher who had some great years with the Los Angeles Dodgers, the Chicago White Sox, the New York Yankees, and pitched a few good games with the California Angels as well. He is someone whose name has become part of the way we talk and think about baseball long after he pitched his final game in 1989. The guts that he had for what he did as a player, that should be immortalized. That should be honored. That's worth a damn plaque, even if he didn't have 12 extra wins to make him Hall of Fame worthy. He already is. He's a pioneer. As am I with my legendary podcast endurance, which will hopefully get me a plaque in the Hall of Fame. Can we work on that? Can we get your pal Sully in the Hall of Fame? Maybe I have to do it. Maybe I need surgery. Maybe I'll come back stronger than ever after my Tommy John surgery. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. But what I'm really saying is go to sullybaseball.com, like me on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram. I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. From the campus of the University of California at Berkeley, filled with young, brilliant people who may also have the guts of a Tommy John, 
This has been the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast. And I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.